Dr. Mark Kevin Anderson practiced general dentistry in Woodland, California for more than a decade. He was a leader in his church, respected husband and father, invested in his community. And on March 10th, 2009, Mark Anderson was found guilty by a jury of his peers of 11 counts of felony sexual battery and one misdemeanor. I was in the courtroom for that verdict. I was also there on April 24th when he was sentenced to six years in prison. He was released three years later. This is my story. Welcome to the Authentically Tea Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Woodruff. We are going to get down and dirty with everything life throws at us, and we're going to do it with truth, honesty, and of course, authenticity. What you see and hear is what you get. We will laugh, we might cry, but we will always strive to learn and grow. Now let's get after it. Here we go. Okay, you guys, welcome to the show. I have to do a quick disclaimer before we get started. Um, Y'all know, or maybe you don't yet, but I like to use humor as a coping mechanism. I tend to make jokes about things that can be very sensitive for other people, and and I do that. um, I'm not trying to discount or be unsympathetic to other people's experiences. It's just the way I am. It's why the title of this podcast is Yo, My Teeth Are Up Here. You'll understand more about that. I do understand the serious nature of this topic, but I have to add some brevity to truly be authentically me. If you or someone you know has been affected by any kind of sexual assault or battery, please know that I see you. I understand. It's very real. It's a difficult situation to find yourself in, and there are so many resources out there for you. I'm going to link some of the ones that I found in the show notes. And one of the reasons I wanted to record this episode and share my experience is because I know this happens way more than most of us would ever think. So the story begins about 18 or so years ago. Dr. Anderson was my dentist. He was my kid's dentist. Um, I had developed TMJ in my jaw, temporomandibular joint disorder. And yes, I did have to look up what that meant because I've always just called it TMJ. Basically, I was clenching at night and it was causing extreme pain throughout my jaw and neck. It was giving me headaches. Dr. Anderson recommended a night guard. And every time I went in for a cleaning or a follow-up for TMJ, he would just massage my jaw muscles and it would relieve some of the pain. So first, let me stop for a second. I need to tell you a little about Mark Anderson and our relationship. He was super friendly. He was charismatic. He was very relatable. He told all these corny jokes. He talked about his family. His staff loved him. He was also a customer at the bank that I worked at. So we had that professional relationship too. I knew his wife, Carol. I knew his five kids, or maybe he had six. I don't remember. I knew he was an elder at his church. And although I thought he was a little dorky at times, I considered him a nice guy all around and just completely harmless. He was the last person I thought would ever do what he did, which is why I let him do it to me time and again. More on that in a second. Okay, so I would go in for a cleaning or a follow-up every few months, and he would massage my jaw while telling me his corny jokes or updating me on his kids. Then he started massaging down my neck, and he explained, you know, these muscles were all, are all connected. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. No problem. That was it for that appointment. Next time, he started at my jaw, moved down my neck into the top of my chest, right below my collarbone. You guys, I had one of those very subtle like gut moments, you know, the ones where it just feels a little off, but I dismissed it because here's the deal. This guy was a total dweeb. I mean, let's be honest. He was way too square to do anything inappropriate. I mean, his daughter was sitting right there assisting. I was being ridiculous to even think that there was anything weird going on. At least that's what I told myself. 
Okay, next visit. Jaw, neck, upper chest, then to the top of my breasts. Oof, okay, that doesn't seem right. Am I fucking crazy? Is this guy who I've known and trusted for years actually trying to touch me inappropriately? No way. I'm I'm overreacting. I'm being oversensitive. But I couldn't shake it. So I went back to my office. I told the girls at the office. They were like, what the fuck? Sorry for the cuss words. <laughs> but then they teased me. They were like, oh, you're going to the dentist for that titty massage again. Now, I know I was the one perpetuating the it's not really what we think attitude. And that's you guys, I just didn't want to believe it. I didn't believe that that was actually happening. So then it all came to a head. It was a Friday before Memorial Day weekend. I chipped my freaking tooth. It was super sharp. I was like, I can't deal with this all weekend. So I called the office and I got the recording. Their office was actually closed for the holiday. So naturally, I just called Mark at his home number. I mean, I was his banker. I was his friend. This was sort of an emergency. And that's what the recording at the office said to do anyway. So he told me he was going to be heading to the tire shop to drop his car off and it was right next to the office so he'd meet me there. I agreed but as soon as I hung up the phone I got nervous. I even asked the girls at the office I'm like one of you please come with me. They laughed and said you're fine just have a great titty massage and you know we kind of brushed it off. I know they didn't mean it it was just the joke that we kept telling Um, because I was the one who was basically brushing it off saying it really wasn't what what I'm you know joking about that it was so so I got to the dental office Mark came and unlocked the door he was his usual jovial friendly self I laid in the exam chair and before he even looked at my chipped tooth he started on the massage I could feel my body tense up a little and I remember saying something like to him I was like oh my jaw's fine but it didn't matter. In seconds, he had his hands completely inside my bra, cupping my breasts, skin on skin. He must have sensed me like go completely rigid and and perhaps he saw the look on my face because he quickly pulled his hands away. He placed one on my shoulder and he said, if no one has ever told you this, you have very nice breasts. You guys, I was in complete shock. I remember actually replying to him, thanks. I did not know what to say. I didn't know what to do. There I was laying back in a chair with Mark sitting behind me in a locked office with absolutely no one else in the building. All the times before where I had justified or dismissed what I thought might have been inappropriate touching came rushing back to me and I knew the realization that I had been allowing my dentist to do that to me flooded over me and for the first time I was afraid I'm actually losing my breath a little bit just recounting this but I literally laid there for another 30 minutes while this jackass fixed my chipped tooth all I kept thinking about was I need to get out of here when he was done I couldn't get out of there fast enough as soon as I got back to the office I walked in and the girl said okay so how was the titty massage right I couldn't even answer for a few seconds. I just stood there and they saw how white I was. And I just said, it was really bad. I told them what happened. They insisted I call the police and I refused. Okay, so take a break here for a second. Why did I not call the police? Let me take you back to the months prior to what happened. I was married to my second husband. No, I wasn't. I was married to my first husband. I'm sorry. I was married to my first husband. And I had had an affair. 
We're going to talk about that more. I actually wrote about it in my blog on authenticallytea.com if you're interested in reading it. But I had had an affair with another married man. Um, We had each divorced our spouses and we were together at that time. We were building a house together. Actually, no, we had already, no, let's see. No, we were building a house together when this happened. Um, And I, Woodland is not a big town and I was actually very involved in the community. Um, So people knew, knew me and therefore they knew what happened. And I did not have a very great reputation at the time. I was basically considered, you know, a home wrecking whore, which I get it that I deserved that title for a short time. I really did. I felt terrible. And I'm going to go through a whole nother episode on all of that, on having an affair and doing all that stuff. But suffice to say that here I am about to out a very prominent member of our community, an elder in the church, a a local business person that had been in business for a long time and was very respected in the community. And here I was, this girl who wasn't thought of very highly at the time, um, going to accuse him of doing something that I had no witnesses, no proof. And I just didn't have it in me, you guys. I just didn't have it in me. So instead, I wrote him a two-page letter. I sent it to his office, and I really hoped the receptionist would actually get it and read it, and somebody else would know what happened. I mean, I told my um, boyfriend at the time, who became my second husband later, I told him what happened, and he literally wanted to go to his house and kill him. In the letter, I recounted my experiences with him. I accused him of breaking my trust. I told him that if I ever heard of him doing this to anyone else, I would immediately go to the police Um, I immediately switched Dennis and I just really wanted to put it all behind me. So a couple weeks later, I received a card in the mail at my office. It was a greeting card with a white bunny on the front of it. And it said, I'm sorry. Inside, he wrote something like, I'm so sorry for breaking your trust. Can we please talk? And he signed it, Mark. I shoved it back in the envelope and put it in my desk. I had no desire to talk to that asshole. (laughs) Okay, so fast forward to a little more than a year later, September 13th, 2007. I was coaching my 10-year-old daughter's peewee football cheer squad. It was a typical Thursday evening at the local high school, and I got a call on my cell phone from a Woodland Police detective. He asked to meet with me, and when I asked him what about, he said that they had just arrested Mark Anderson that day. I didn't even have to ask what for. The detective met me in the parking lot at the end of my daughter's practice. I sent her home with a friend. And I sat in his car and told him my story. We drove to my office so I could give him the, the little bunny card that had that he had sent me and I had saved. And this just started this whole shit storm that lasted the next eight months. So once it hit the news, more than 30 other women came forward with their own experiences with Dr. Anderson. You guys, it was crazy. Here I thought I was the only one. I felt so guilty for not reporting it as soon as it happened. I mean, who knows how many women I could have saved from having to go through whatever that asshole did to them. There was a grand jury indictment. I testified. I worked with Rob Gorman, the assistant DA in Woodland. It was big news in town. And I became one of the more outspoken victims. Some of the women were too scared to even testify. I'm 
I am certain that there were women who heard about it, who it had happened to them, but they didn't even feel like they could come forward. So I felt this responsibility to somehow be their voice. I was interviewed on the local news. You guys, it even went national. Can you believe that Jay Leno showed a picture of the bunny card on The Tonight Show during his monologue? The Geraldo Show even contacted me and asked me to come on the show. And of course, I declined. You know, contrary to what many people, some very mean people, honestly, were saying about me, I wasn't looking for publicity. I wanted justice. Some of the women brought civil suits against him. They were paid large sums of money. I didn't have any desire to do that. I just wanted to see him punished. During the entire process, Mark was adamant that he was innocent, of course. He said it was a conspiracy of a bunch of women who were just out to get him and to get money from him. But out of all the women who came forward, I had only known one previously. So how is it possible that so many women who didn't know each other got together to devise this evil plan, right, to take down this small town dentist? You know, knowing that going public would open each of us up to public scrutiny and judgment, no thank you. What, that's not what any of us did it for. It took a lot of courage to come forward and say that this has happened to you. He would also try to intimidate me. He would drive through our parking lot where I worked and drive super slow by my office and peer in the door. He'd come into the branch to make deposits. I told Rob Gorman about it. He was furious. He asked the judge for a restraining order and, and it was granted. Mark was ordered to, he had to stay away from any and all of the victims. I think like 100 feet or something. I don't know what it was. Um, the Yolo County Court assigned each of us a victim advocate. They were amazing. I am so grateful for my advocates who took the time to explain the process, answer my questions you know, and just show me that they were there for whatever I needed. None of us had ever been through something like this. So we were in uncharted territory and we just, it was scary. So finally the trial started. I remember having to get on the stand and testify. I was super nervous. I had been watching and listening to his attorney, who was a total ass, try to trick some of the other women into contradicting their stories I was walking into the courtroom through the hallway. I had to walk past about, I swear there were at least two dozen members of his church who lined the hallway staring at me with these dirty, disapproving looks, including his wife, Carol. It was pretty rough, but I just held my head up. I walked into the courtroom with as much courage as I could muster, really. While I was on the stand, there was an easel with this large pad of paper on it. And on the paper, I don't know if his attorney or somebody had drawn like two breasts, like basically two like happy face, you know, smiles as breasts. His attorney asked me to take a marker and indicate on the drawing where exactly Dr. Anderson had touched me. I took the marker. I basically scribbled all over the paper. I think that amused some of the jury members, but it was also just a really poignant moment after the trial, in fact, one of the jurors came up to me and said, your testimony sealed the guilty verdict for most of us. So thank you so much. Let me go back for just a second and tell you kind of how they found me. I forgot to include that part. So um, what happened, why it took another year or so for him to get arrested, because I didn't go to the police, but somebody else did. Her name's Candace. Um, he did it to her. 
and she reported it. And the police actually set up an audio um, phone call recording where she called Dr. Anderson and spoke to him and also her husband called and talked to him and they recorded the call and he basically admitted to it. Um, And there's actually a, a recording of that. I'll link that in the show notes as well, just in case you're interested in hearing that. So she came forward. This is so crazy. So one of the girls that worked at my office her sister was married to a police, a Woodland police um, officer. He had gone over to the house that night and just said, you guys are not gonna believe this. We, we, we arrested a dentist today for, you know, feeling up his patients. And she's like, what do you mean that happened to my friend? And he goes, what, who? And she gave him my name at the time. It was McKay, Tanya McKay. She gave him my name and um, he's like, tell me everything you know about it. And she's like, well, it was kind of a joke in her office that she'd go in and he'd kind of touch her. And she was like, is it right? Is it wrong? Like, like it feels like it shouldn't be, but there's no way he would be doing this. Da, da, da. And so that's how they found me. That's how the detective got my name and called me. Um, and I became basically the number two witness slash victim in this case. Okay. So the trial lasted forever. I mean, it seemed to last forever. And then um, it was February 25th, 2009. The jury started deliberating. It took them eight days. They did Monday through Thursday, two weeks in a row of deliberations. They finally reached a verdict. He had been, um, there were 20 counts of felony sexual battery against him and one misdemeanor. I remember being in the courtroom that day. I remember that feeling of just anticipation. I was praying for justice. I wanted to see him arrested and put in jail. In fact, I wanted to see it so bad that I took a video on my phone not knowing that it was illegal to do so. I almost landed myself in jail. Um, Thank God they just made me delete it. They went through each count one at a time. He ended up being found guilty on 11 counts of felony sexual battery and one misdemeanor. Thank you, Jesus. Finally, we were seeing some justice, right? So sentencing wasn't until about six weeks later on April 24th. I was super pissed that they didn't keep him in jail. The judge didn't think he was a flight risk, so he was able to just walk out of the courtroom that day. There's actually some news footage of this as well and a super quick interview of me that I th- I'll, I'll link that in the show notes too. So he was sentenced to six years in prison. We we're pretty happy with that until he got out after only serving three. He is a registered sex offender. He can't practice dentistry anymore, at least not in California. I don't, I don't really know about other states. Last I heard, he was still living in California, but I don't really know where, nor do I care. Um... A year ago, or I'm sorry, a year or so after he went to prison, I received a call at work from a man who said he was Mark's cousin. He said he didn't agree with Mark, what, you know, what had, what he'd done, what his cousin had done. And he wanted me to know that Mark had written a book from prison. (laughs) I'm laughing because this is so ridiculous. He called it the Woodland Witch Trials. He was sending this quote unquote book on CDs to his friends, his family, his church people. So his cousin asked if I would like a copy. I said, sure. I got it in the mail. I kind of skimmed through it, just looking specifically for the part where he talked about me. It was pretty long, and it was basically the same old bullshit throughout the whole book. 
it, it did make me laugh because he was just still claiming his innocence and asserting that this whole thing was a witch trial, a bunch of angry women out to get him. He is a cuckoo. Okay. So I gave the book to Rob, the assistant DA, and I said, here, do whatever you want with it. I just wanted to put all of this behind me and move on. Um, the interesting thing is, although I didn't know any except for one of the women who came forward at the time, I'm actually now friends with a few of them. It's this crazy bond that we we share now, this experience um, that kind of binds us together. We don't talk about it. It's just there. Um, I'm not going to say I'm scarred for life, you guys. I don't I don't have any lingering anxiety. I don't have any PTSD about going to the dentist, although, you know, I don't like to go to the dentist. Let's be honest. I haven't ever liked to go to the dentist, but I could go. It's fine. I don't have any anxiety over it. But I know that there are some women who went through that who at the time hadn't. It happened years before and they hadn't gone to the dentist because they couldn't because of the damage that he did to them. And that just makes me sad. The fact that he had that power over them, that negative impact on them. And I think that's, I know that's one of the main reasons that I wanted to share this with you guys. I I want every woman and gosh, any man has who's had something like this happen to them, that it is not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. You know, I remember during the trial, his attorney asked me what I was wearing at each of my appointments and it infuriated me. First of all, I don't remember what I was wearing two days ago. How would I remember what I was wearing the day I went to the dentist two years ago? But more than that, why the hell does it matter? I can promise I had clothes on. And nothing any woman wears is an invitation or excuse for a man or anyone to touch me inappropriately, period. I also want people to know that You need to listen to that little voice, that fluttering in your gut, the hairs rising on your neck. Just trust your instincts. I wish I had had the courage to call him out on it the first time. It made me feel uncomfortable. Instead, I was worried about how he might react or or how he might receive it or me being overreactive or, you know, feeling like I was being ridiculous. I wish that when he had both his bare hands in my shirt, in my bra, cupping my breasts, that I had had the courage to honestly punch him in the face. But I didn't. That's not what I did. And I have to believe that all this happened for a reason. And I really hope it's for the very reason that I'm sharing this now, this many years later, that now I actually have a platform, however small, that the ability to reach even one person who has either had an experience like this or maybe in the future is going to face something like this and will feel empowered to speak up right away to do something about it before it gets goes too far. You guys, this was an experience that definitely impacted me. I'll never forget it. Um, I lost sleep. I lost money because I was spending a lot of time in the courtroom instead of at my job. Um, My character was brought into question. Um, It came on the heels of a very difficult time in my life that 
I brought on myself with the affair. It was rough. Um, but I learned so much from it. I learned to trust my gut. I learned to not worry about how I might come across if I feel something in, you know, in my gut or I feel that something's not right, to have the courage to speak up and say something and not be afraid to tell my truth. And I hope that if anything comes out of this, that 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 might be what helps somebody else. Um, I'm not any kind of, you know, I had so many people reach out to me during and, and tell me how thankful they were that I had the courage and how brave I was and all this. And I didn't, you know, gosh, you're a hero that I, that, that had nothing. I didn't feel like a hero. In fact, I felt a lot of guilt that I hadn't spoke up sooner. Um, I felt some shame around it. Um, it was, it was just rough, but I've come out on the other side I feel more empowered and I have clarity around, you know, let's see, what can I say about that? I know that this can happen to anyone and by anyone. I never thought that he would be the kind of person that would do this, but there is no type. Okay. There is no type. It can be anyone. So I just, I appreciate you listening. Thank you. I hope I was able to communicate this experience in a way that didn't cause any pain, hurt, or, you know, that didn't marginalize anyone. I, I truly, truly, um, even though I use a lot of humor and, and, you know, I can laugh and joke about it now, um, I understand that this can be a very, very painful experience for people. And um, if anybody wants to talk about anything related to this or any other experience you're having, I'm definitely here. You can email me. I have a new email address. It's Tanya at authenticallytea.com. I am certainly not a trained therapist. I am not a doctor. I'm just a girl who went through a thing and learned from it. I'm just me, Authentically Tea. I love you guys. See you next time. I'm not afraid to